What's up humans of the internet? Mike Mills with Mike Mills Mortgage and Finance here. Realtors, have you seen interest rates? Do you wanna better understand how to talk with your clients about these rates and what impact they actually have on a mortgage loan? Have you heard about the 2-1 buy down but don't really understand how it works? Or do you just want a better understanding of what type of lending options are out there for home buyers that are a little nervous about pulling the trigger on that new purchase? I tell my agents all the time to learn a little bit about every facet of real estate so you can become the expert source of all things related to owning a home. And my next episode and guest will shed a little bit of light on the mysterious world of mortgage lending. And joining me will be Gary Pierce. Gary's the founder and CEO of Pure Funding, a mortgage brokerage based in Weatherford, Texas, specializing in all things farm and ranch lending. Gary's the enemy, and we'll fight on the air about who's the better lender. I'm kidding. But it's always nice to talk to another mortgage lender and get their take on this market and what loan options are available for buyers that are a little nervous about taking a leap into home ownership. Brian's a down-to-earth, no-nonsense dude, and we're going to geek out on all things mortgage and lending. I love sitting down and talking shop with one of my brothers in the business. Hello, hello, everybody out there on my real estate and finance dorks. Um, welcome to the Texas Real Estate and Finance Podcast. I'm Mike Mills with uh, Mike Mills Mortgage and Finance. And uh, today um, we are going to be talking a lot of loan stuff. A um, little bit. Uh, I've got a. I've got the. I brought the enemy in within me with me today. Um, but we're going to talk about loans. We're going to get into um, interest rates and the market, and you know, just kind of where we're at with everything. Uh, from two loan officer points of view and you know hopefully um, we won't get into a fist fight is what I'm looking for right here so but welcoming today is Mr. Gary Pierce. How's Gary how are you doing man? Awesome. I gotta Thanks give you the clap sorry yeah, it's part, of, part of the normal thing. That's so. the first applause I've ever gotten especially yeah. in this market. Yes yeah, <laughs> everybody's just depressed when they call us right yeah. they oh you I gotta call the guy and talk about seven percent interest rates lucky me. Yeah um, well man thank you for driving all the way out here um, yeah. you live in Weatherford right? I do. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So it's a little bit of a haul, about 40 minutes, uh, about 45, 45 yeah. minutes. Okay. Yep. It's not, so. not too terrible, but you know, it's a uh, farm and ranch stuff and that's, that's what you do. So, so Gary yeah. is a, um, he is a broker, a mortgage mm -hmm. broker here in Texas. Um, his office is based in Weatherford. Um, he specializes in farm and ranch. Um, I'm an independent mortgage bank and Gary's a broker. So we're a little different. We'll kind of explain some of those differences a little bit. So everybody understands that, uh, but we're both loan officers, essentially, yep. um, both knee deep in loans every single day. So, um, I'm sure we're going to have a lot to talk about and kind of yeah. get into some special programs and get into where rates are, where we think they're going, you know, all that kind of stuff. But let's start a little bit with the, uh, with the journey down the mortgage yep. bank land. So how did you, how did you get to the place where you wanted to, uh, run your own shop there? Yeah, Mr. so Gary? interesting um, uh, concept. I was going to retire and be the old guy in the square writing some loans. Okay. Um, and so that was my plan. And during COVID, I decided to go get my license. I'd always been in consumer finance, worked at LendingTree, SunTrust Bank, um, more marketing and business development right. for consumer finance products. And so I got my license and lo and behold, another banker similar to Verity reached out and said, hey, we want to start up a Texas branch. And I was like, well... Sounds interesting. Okay. It was a refi boom. I yeah. mean, I could fog a mirror. So I was yes. writing a lot of loans yes. and so was our branch. Yeah. And um, so anyways, long story short, we did that. And then as the market shifted and our area, obviously Parker County is uh, heavily influenced by the Western industry mm -hmm. and performance horse industry. And so yep. we were missing out on those kind of opportunities uh, in the farm and ranch world. And so we wanted to be able to service that area 
um, in from a loan perspective. Mm -hmm. And so we um, we knew going out on our own was really the the way to do it. And then from a cost perspective, a broker made a ton of sense because then we could broker loans to um, basically a wholesale lender. Right. And so with that, we get great rates. We get good support and it allows me to kind of grow the business uh, kind of organically without having a ton of, you know, it still costs money. Don't get me wrong. Right. But <laughs> not the kind of money it takes to, you know, prop up a, a mortgage bank. Right? Yes, like yes. It's a whole different set of employees and yes. things like that. So explain that just a little bit to anybody yeah. not familiar with it. Like, you know, cause you've been on, on both sides a little bit. So, yeah. so explain what the difference is between like a mortgage broker. Cause that's a, Broker is a general term I think people use whenever sure. they talk to someone that says, oh, if someone says, oh, I do homeless, like, oh, yeah. you're a mortgage broker. And yeah. I'm like, well, no, not really. I'm not really a broker. I do yeah. a little different, right? So, um, but it's kind of a, I think it's just been around. It's just a term that's been around for a long time. Yeah. But there are actually difference between, you know, a mortgage broker, which is mm -hmm. what you are, yeah. um, uh, independent mortgage bank, which is what mm -hmm. we are. Yeah. And then like a servicing style bank, you know, the big boys, which you're is like right. a chase or somebody like that. Yeah. So, so kind of, uh, in your own words, kind of explain, you know, what the differences of those are. I, I think the biggest, easiest way to understand without it, talking smack about me, by the way. Okay. <laughs> is you, yeah, definitely. <laughs> no, it's, uh, well, we work very similar, right. Mm -hmm. From an investor standpoint yeah. and, uh, in a, in a, wholesale lender standpoint, but the, the easiest way for a client to understand it is that when we write the loan, we write the loan on the wholesale partner's paper, right? It's going to say wholesale partner being the bank that's, the bank that's investing and taking yeah. the loan on. So right. it might be rocket mortgage, United right. wholesale, whoever that's where the documents are going to come from. Right. In the case with, in your situation, it's going to have your company's name on that because Correct. that's, you guys are the bank yeah. and then you have investors on the back end. Right. So we kind of work similar. It's not that dissimilar. Yeah. Cause we're going to sell our loan eventually to most of the time right. to a, uh, you know, Wells Fargo or a city or, right. or somebody like that, that's yeah. going to go, they're going to service the bank ultimately, but we're not going to, we're not going to hold it. Typically we're going to, yeah. we do hold some, but not very many, um, mm -hmm. compared to the servicers. Whereas you guys are basically doing the same thing. Yeah. The only difference is, is, you know, our, when we close our names on there, when you close, it says, you know, United Wholesale or whoever. Right. Yeah. 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 It's funny because the, the first, uh, regular, uh, uh, audit we had, uh, at my previous company, um, we asked the question to the regulator and said, as a broker versus a correspondent lender or a bank, what's the difference in this process? And they said, well, there was a list of 20 items that needed to be addressed. Right. And, uh, he said, you see these 20, you're responsible for two of them. The lender's responsible for 18. He right. goes, when you're the lender, you get, a, you get 18 of them right. <laughs> or all of them <laughs> in that yeah. sense. So it's like, yeah. yeah, I don't know if I want to bite that much of the, the, the apple yet. <laughs> so. so something we can certainly agree on is how terrible the big banks and servicing banks are doing mortgages. So why yeah. don't you talk about why it's so, so much more of an advantage to use somebody like us versus somebody yeah. that is going through like a chase or Wells or somebody like that. Yeah. I think the, the, the biggest is the, you know, well, cost usually we're going to be, you know, usually when I'm competing against the big guys, I'm, I'm happy because right. we're going to win. Right. right. So our cross cost structures are much different. Right. We don't have the overhead. Um, that's the biggest thing that I see, um, on the front end, once you get the loan in a process, it's massive, much, much more yes. efficient. Um, like I've, I've seen it over the years where you just, you know, you get the calls, you know, the nightmare calls from somebody and their hairs on fire. Can you save the day? And yep. 
in and a lot of times not to toot our horn but to toot our horn sure. because the way we're structured we're more efficient yeah. and it's just going to get, we get loans done. That's, yeah. that's what we do. Yeah. Right. There's less red tape. You don't have 600 different Absolutely. levels of, uh, you know, that that's the way I explain it a lot of times to people is just like, you know, when I mm -hmm. have my processor or my underwriter, my assistant or whoever, they're right there. Or in like, in your case, the relationship that you have with the, the bank that you're working yeah. with is a good relationship. They want to keep it. So you have direct access to yeah. whoever you need to talk to. Yeah. And, but if you're on the other side, you know, it's, the processor might be in Oklahoma and mm -hmm. the, the underwriters in, you know, California and they're on different timelines. And then there's three levels of management in between them. And you got to call the 1-800 number and roll <laughs> and through the phone home. tree, you know, and all that stuff. And then yeah. they're like, I don't understand why they don't close loans on time. It's yeah. like, well, it's, it's pretty self-explanatory for the most yeah. part. It's yeah. It's, it's, uh, it is, it's good for us, right? Yeah. Like, that's, that's definitely, uh, so what's been the biggest, um, I guess not impact, but what's been the biggest maybe surprise of, of you going out on your own and actually, you know, having your own company, running your own business that, you know, obviously you've been in lending for a while, yeah. but participating in lending and, you know, doing a loan and all that yeah. kind of stuff is very different than, you know, actually being yeah. the one who has all the responsibility. So, yeah. So what that's, what's that been like? For so you? the actual like X's and O's of getting a loan, you know, disclosed to a client and, and selling a rate and, and closing a loan has been the same. The yeah. biggest thing, the biggest change for us is, um, for me personally is I've never done any local marketing ever. So I've always worked for larger corporations, gotcha. banks that we Leads did are just coming in. Well, or we were doing more online okay. type stuff. Gotcha. Right. Gotcha. So, um, so the idea of working a market and, and penetrating a market in the time that it takes to get the buy-in mm -hmm. um, is is a lot of heartburn. A little, so, little, little tough sledding. Yeah, I mean, we, yeah. we you know, my partner Willis, who he's not with us today, but I mean, he's amazing at writing loans and, and building relationships and doing all this stuff. And, you know, I, I'm i thinking from a marketing standpoint, we're going to do A, B, and C, and it's just going to take off like wildfire. But right. yet you got to sell yourself, not only to clients, but now you got realtors involved and you got to make sure that they're on board with you. And so, and it, and I get the hesitation to try the new guys on the block. Right. Yeah. And so we, we fought through that because the other thing is, is like I was telling our loan officer this morning, I said, you know, I didn't know if it was going to work. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we could sit here and, you know, um, thankfully it's, you know, knock on wood, we're, you know, we're doing okay, but yeah. it's, you know, you just don't know, you know, no. like, am I spending the time at the right places, meeting the right people? Yeah. You, know? you can spin your wheels a lot in our business and, and it's hard sometimes. I mean, there's more technology tools out there now to be able to determine, you know, yeah. who's doing what business. And, and so yeah. you can kind of get a gauge on, yeah. on if people are actually, if agents spe specifically yeah. are selling and you know, if it's, if it's worth it, but, but then you also don't know, you know, there's a lot of new people that get into the business and I love working with new agents because yeah you'll find people that um are are new to it but have a hunger you know yeah. they have a passion for it and they're sure. they have a drive that um you know you know they're going to be really big mm -hmm. as time goes on yeah. but and you just invest a little time and, and make sure that you're yeah. providing value to them and all that kind of stuff and, and that kind of stuff those kind of relationships tend to yeah. tend to pay off in the long run but you can also spend a lot of time chasing somebody that you know you think oh, if i can just get one deal with them and then you know six yeah. months up the road or 12 months. I mean, I haven't done anything with this person and because yeah. it's difficult. I, I don't know that, you know, it's different from a lender's point of view. I think we can maybe relate to title some a little bit and just yeah. on how we sell yeah. simply because as a realtor, 
you know, if you're an agent, you get to talk to friends and family and, you know, your, your, uh, um, your world of doing real estate is just everybody you can meet. Sure. Right. And, yeah. and not that we can't do loans for everybody that we meet, right. you know, of course we can. Right. But, um, but our primary source of business in most cases comes from realtors. For sure. And so, uh, you know, when you're spending time, you know, focusing on a particular group of agents or this agent or that agent, someone gets out of the business or yeah. someone comes back into the business. I mean, it has a big impact yeah. on what we do. If someone just Absolutely. decides one day, I'm not going to do this anymore. It's like, man, that was one of my better ones, you know, send me a deal a month or whatever. Yeah. So, um, so it, it, it becomes a, a bit of a, uh, struggle sometimes because you know we always start over from zero every mm -hmm. single month there's yes. no uh, i give my insurance friends a hard residual. time yeah <laughs> right give my insurance guys a hard time it's like oh you got that nice residual income that's yeah. nice and we must we started poor every single month right you know? <laughs> yeah that's it is a uh what have you done for me lately business yes for sure yes, yes. well that's what sales is so yeah um how, speaking of that though how did you kind of get rolling like how did you get into the mortgage industry or get into selling and to yep. begin with um well, so I started out in 05 with Lending Tree. Okay. So I was there. You're grinding for, it. Oh, uh, yeah. We were, well, so I wasn't on the mortgage side, on, okay. the, on the loan side, which they did have back in the day yeah. a, a lending side of their uh, business, but I was on the the lead side. Okay. Uh, lead side. So I was selling to, you know, the Quicken Loans at the time and and those kind of companies, and they were buying our leads. And right, so right. That, that's kind of how I got into it. And then um, from there, I just kind of threw different, business development roles, you know, I always kind of wanted to be on origination mm -hmm. at some point and didn't know what that looked like. And then kind of like for a lot of people during COVID, like you're kind of hitting the reset button and yeah. trying to figure out what's going on. And so I had reached out to a buddy of mine that's still at Lending Tree, still one of the top account managers there. And I said, Hey man, you remember I used to joke around about, you know, getting our license. I said, well, I just got mine. Yeah. And he's like, Oh shoot, you got to call these guys. Like they need somebody in Texas, like right now. And I yeah. said, Okay. And so I had a conversation with these guys uh, called Philo Mortgage and they're great guys and they're still cranking away. But um, yeah, so that's how I ended up here. And then Pure Funding is kind of spun off from that. And yeah. So when did you guys start officially? So uh, open your doors per se. So probably, so we we started our application sometime around May or June of last year. 2022. Our or, 20, yeah. Yeah. And then, um, I was just talking to one of our account executives. We closed our first loan on August 28th. So almost one year ago today. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, well, next week. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So it's been almost a full year, a full year. We're right and at it. So yeah. we're still cranking away. And and I think we're, you know, I feel like we're doing the right things. And, you yeah. know, I love it because like, I've never had a job where I was in the community and doing stuff. So we're big proponent. You know, we get involved with the chamber. Yeah. Um, we're, we're, around all the, the business leaders. And I mean, I just love that. And, yeah. and our community, as you know, Parker County is fairly tight knit. Um, mm -hmm. It's a smaller, but a lot of growth um, going on. So, but yeah, we've, we've embraced it and, and love it. And why did, uh, you know, um, people didn't, they didn't see you walk in, but you know, you always got the hat on. Um, yeah. I had it in the picture there and you walked, I was, man, I'm hoping we're going to wear the hat for this. That's why I wore my Cowboys <laughs> shirt. Um, but uh what was it about farming ranch specifically? Like, why did you decide that that was a good area to kind of focus on? Did you have a background in that and come through it or did you just end up there? How that how No, that I, th I think it was just being opportunistic, right? Like, so if you look at a lot of like, which would be our competition, they can't do those types of loans the way their investors back them from an underwriting standpoint. Sure. So if you start talking about houses with acreage, more than 10 or 15 acres, um, 
and you know, it's not really your standard conventional loan ain't going to work. Yeah. Yeah. And and so, you know, there's, there's, you know, barn dominiums, right? Like that's the hot button. Everybody wants to have a barn dominium (laughs) right now. And I'm like, if uh, I had a nickel for every (laughs) 27 year old that called me and asked me about how they're going to build their barn dominium on the land they want to find, I'm like, well, you got a couple hundred grand laying around. (laughs) I mean, here's the thing. My builder buddies, I talk to them all the time. I'm like, Hey, am I thinking about this right? But it, it's the same cost per square foot now that it is to build a stick house right yeah and they're like oh yeah yeah you know because steel's through the roof oh and, sure i mean it's super so expensive yeah five years ago maybe different ball game like yeah. you were building you know it's it's kind of like you know having a two and a half percent rate like yeah. it's <laughs> not anymore gone. Yeah, yeah it's gone it's gone <laughs> so, so what is it about okay on the loan side of things because mm-hmm. i don't do a ton of farm and ranch myself so yep. what is it about like what are some big differentiations if someone's looking to buy a mm-hmm. farm or ranch mm-hmm. um what do they need to like what are some stuff they need to pay attention to when you're looking at that whether it be yeah. from you know issues with the loan or just um regarding like what kind of loan types they can work with yeah. uh, how does all that work so there's and there's in the farm and ranch world, there's a lot of different products, right? And so we we do have a few that I feel are are really good, especially for our area, because the big things, the loan, the the residential loans are written just like we would. There's still the the same kind of trade requirements right. that you would have. They just are backed by Farmer Mac and right. not Fannie or Freddie. Okay, right? There's a Farmer Mac. That's what it's yeah. called. Yeah, I didn't know that. So that's uh, hilarious, by the way. Yeah. So so they're um. <laughs> they're the, you know, the end investor, right. Or, yeah. uh, insurer and, and they, you know, those loans work the same way. Uh, we have the same kind of, um, kind of, uh, we have the same kind of regulations as we would in a normal loan. Yeah. you got lender overlays where, you know, like, um, hands down, we have to have two years of tax returns, right? No matter what. Yeah. Which on a oh, so, so no matter what, on conventional, you don't have to have that conventional. Yeah. We don't have to have it. Yeah. So, yeah. It, oh, well, so, sometimes, but not, that's yeah. not mandatory. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, um, do it's, you, are you able to take income from the farm itself and use that as well? Yeah, so if depending. it's a producing farm of some kind. Yep. Okay. And, and, and it, it, that gets a little trickier and into the weeds. Sure. Yes. Um, and so those are your, your kind of your residential properties. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of them where we find the niche is 10 to 15 acres or more. Mm-hmm. Um, let's say it's got a really nice house, 5,000 square foot home. Right. And it's on 25 acres the loan amount's going to be over the conforming loan limit. So okay. it's above 726, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so jumbo loans, they don't like those over 10 to 15 acres usually. There's right. usually an overlay on that. Um, and then the ag folks, the ag uh, banks don't like it because there's not enough ag to support okay. their underwriting. Gotcha. gotcha. So we kind of, we've kind of found a little niche there uh, with that product. And so we've kind of pitched that and, and that's been that's been helpful for mm-hmm. us. Um, and then once you get out of the residential, then you start getting into kind of raw land. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, um, that's where it gets to be more of a commercial product gotcha. versus a, you know, a residential, a residential or, world. Yeah. And so that takes on a whole different set of underwrite, which we've had to learn over the last year. Um, which is, it, it can be a little confusing because we're, we're thinking residential right. underwriting processes and we got to, and so it's, it's, it's like getting a business loan. Right. 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 So heavy documentation, um, you know, well, there's no, insur- I think what, what, um, I, I run into a lot at least with people asking questions about different types of documentation required and what banks are requiring and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. is, you know, 
when we do a standard FHA loan, mm-hmm. Fannie, Freddie, whatever, yeah. or, or farmer Mac, yeah. um, you know, we still, I still can't get over that name. We, we yeah. have the, the ins- it's basically insurance, right? Mm-hmm. If, yeah. if I do the loan correctly mm-hmm. per their guidelines yeah. and you don't pay your mortgage, yeah. Fannie, Freddie, HUD, VA, yeah. farmer Mac, they're going to buy the loan, yeah. right? Because we did it according to their yeah. rules. You yeah. know, there's limitations on that, yeah. of course, but, but, you know, we did our job now when you're talking about doing a loan for commercial or you're doing non-QM or you're doing whatever, mm-hmm. well, the restrictions get greater and the rates get higher and the costs get greater because yeah. there's nobody on the backside insuring that right. loan for the bank. Yeah. So the banks out there, it's their, yeah. it's, it's their neck, you know, yeah. so they're going to do whatever they want. And I think where borrowers get frustrated sometimes, and I understand is when you're doing one of those type of loans, right? Yeah. If you do a standard conventional loan, you know exactly what you need. Yeah. You know, you can even argue with underwriting sometimes and be like, we don't need that. This right. is why, you know, show them, your, show them your rules, whatever. Um, but when you're doing a non-QM or you're doing a portfolio loan or anything where it isn't falling under that category, yeah. you know, they can just say no. Yeah. Just because they want to, you yeah. know, they've got their rules here, the 10 things we want. You're like, I met yeah. all the 10 things. Yeah. You know, usually you're fine, but but yeah. there's still sense of like, yeah, we just yeah. we just don't want to do that. Yeah. You know, and it's like, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's it's um it gets crazy too, because once it gets into underwriting, like you've got this like laundry list of check boxes we've oh, yeah. got it when we submit. And it's like all and right. And they'll always come back for more. Oh, now I want this, and now oh, I yeah. want this, and now I want yeah. this. And then appraisals you know, are are can be very expensive because yeah. now you're talking about large tracts of land potentially. Um, well, I bet the time to close on those is pretty big too. Only yeah, because I, I mean, mean, finding an appraiser that does that specifically, that's got to be a difficult thing, right? Yeah. So we haven't had the privilege to buy like, or to do a facility. Like we've, we've done most of ours have been land. Uh-huh. So, you know, a hundred acres and they're going to put a horse facility on it right. eventually or something like that. So, or recreational land. Um, but you know, I know they've done the, the company that we work with, the lender has done like they were giving me examples early on and I'll never like it just kind of caught me off guard. I was like, man, this is a whole another line of business to think about. But they were refinancing the company, the the farm in California that produces all the milk for Costco. Oh, wow. And so this farm is out there, you know, they've got their business. And so they're doing a cash out refinance to kind of help, you know, yeah, their deal. So anyways, they're they were cashing out so they could, you know expand and get more other, cows yeah, get more, <laughs> yeah, yeah apparently costco's selling a lot of milk so yeah wow yeah but, yeah they're, so they're it was kind of a lot. yeah and those kind of deals are not 30-day closes either no, like you said no. those that's yeah. probably i i would guess that was six to eight months yeah well that's almost i mean that's a commercial deal basically is what you're yeah. doing right yeah I mean, it's 100 you know, commercial. yeah all those commercial loans are yeah. are uh they take a while it's not something that yeah. goes quickly and do you experience i don't know because i know you're kind of you know you guys are primarily residential yeah. but but you are starting to dabble a little bit in the commercial side because yeah. you have relationships that can yep. handle it. Is yep. that right? Yeah, for sure. Um, so are you running into, because I've always heard from my commercial real estate guys or, or lending guys, especially that because it's such a business oriented transaction mm-hmm. that whenever, you know, they'll be working with somebody for four or five, six months, getting everything put together. Everything's looking sharp. They got it going on. Yep. And then they're going to close in 60 days or re- everything's lined up. And then out of nowhere, oh. somebody flies in with some smoking deal and all that work you just did just goes down the toilet, you know, if you can't obviously meet it or beat it. Yeah. And and I haven't, luckily we haven't had that happen yet, yeah. but it definitely is something, um, you know, that can happen in that yeah. industry. And then, you know, we get deals because deals get killed at the last minute too. Yeah. You like, pick up the trash. Yeah. That comes, you're yeah. like, they're like, Hey, you know, these, you know, we got all the way through the finish line and then 
now they're saying this. Yes. And so, and that, that happens. I mean, it doesn't happen as much in the residential world, sure. but in, in that commercial. I mean, it, it happens. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, that's where, you know, it's like, I joke sometimes we're the garbage cleaners because it's, it's, uh, you get people calling, um, mm -hmm. that, you know, it's almost like a benefit that everybody in the business isn't quite yeah. as good as, <laughs> as what you do, because then you're the, you know, you get both, you get the phone call that says, Hey, so-and-so was denied over here. What's going yeah. on? You pick up the file and like in five seconds, you're like, yeah, you were never going to be approved. And yeah. here's why. And they're like, oh, why didn't they say that? It's like, oh, because people are not good they, at their job. Yeah. You know, and then you get the other ones that you look at it and you go, man, I, you know, I, this is easy. I think we can do this. I think we can yeah. pull this off and yeah. here's why. And here's why. And, you know, um, that kind of stuff, you know, can, can really help your business a lot because it's what we do every day is problem solve, right? 100%. I mean, that's, we're looking at a puzzle yeah. and we're trying to figure out how to make yeah. the pieces work. Yeah. I don't need this. I need that, <laughs> right. you know, yeah. like all that yeah. goes into play. And when you do it enough and you have mm -hmm. enough experience with it, you see those problems on a daily basis, you know, the, it becomes easier and easier, yeah. but I mean, that's still, that's our job. You know yeah. I mean? I tell people all the time, like, I don't really, I mean, I sell, but not really. Like yeah. I'm just, here's how it works. Here's how we can solve it. And then give me the information. We'll see if we can figure it out. Yeah. Is that yeah, what you guys that, experienced too? That, that's really what what it is, and and that's where, like, you talk to you know folks that are newer to the industry, and they're they're like, you know, how do I? You know, I've got a loan officer assistant, and she just started, and she's like, you know, week two, she's like, how do I be, you know, how do I get better quicker? And I'm like, time, it's time. Like, <laughs> like in our last company, we did, I don't know, in eighteen months, twenty two hundred, whatever the number was, yeah. refis, yeah. and all I did all day long. Right is we wrote i'd write you know eight to ten a month and i had 25 guys on my team and yep. it's just as fast as you could go through them so all, all i did all day long was look at problems yeah and we're like okay this is how you fix that yep. on to the next one on yep. to the next one and when you're an individual loan officer and you're trying to generate your own business mm -hmm. in the early on you just don't have that luxury yeah. like you just don't and yeah. so well yeah. it's crazy how the refi business really did um, I mean, that's where a lot of really good loan officers cut their teeth, whether whatever period of time that that occurred, oh, for sure. because you're just churning and burning so many loans and, you know, maybe a bad thing, but, <laughs> um, you can make mistakes when you're new, you know, I mean, I, 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 I not us. <laughs> no, no, never, 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 never made any mistakes. But, but in the beginning, um, you know, you can, you know, it not can, but mistakes happen because you're learning and mm -hmm. you tell somebody you can do something yeah. and you find out later, oh no, you can't. Here it yeah. is. Here's why. Yeah. Um, but you know, at least in those cases, yeah, the person just can't get the lower rate. You know, right. they don't yeah, they're yeah, not yeah. out of their yeah. home or whatever. So yeah. that's a really good place to kind of get your feet wet yeah. and really learn because you're pumping through so many loans. And I had somebody tell me right when I got in the business, yeah. um, that you basically have to do at least a hundred to two hundred loans before you really start to kind of understand what you're doing and you just got to do that many you know thousand percent because here's the other thing that people don't realize is that it's they didn't write the regulations in you know insert five years ago yeah and haven't evolved or changed rules or changed laws or in the state of texas we have our own laws right. that drive our you know our loans and so you know that stuff changes and as much as we try to stay on top of it you know one little thing or the thing that i find is the tricky part is when a lender doesn't has an overlay yes you're not aware of like so hey, explain that too for anybody that doesn't understand what an yeah. overlay is because so, it, it, we all play in the same sandbox basically but not really so. yeah so let's like so all loans are uh the guidelines are online fanny freddie yep. right yep you can anybody find can go look at them mm -hmm. and that's how we have to write loans whatever that 
requirement is we have to meet that on every, whether it's loan to value based on property type, property purpose, you know, loan purpose, et cetera. But the trick to that is lenders have overlays and they say, okay, a perfect one's acreage, right? Mm -hmm. We're 10 acres, hard stop not doing anything over 10 acres. We don't yeah. like the risk. It's not our thing. Yep. And they don't understand it. So right. they said, we're not going to do it. Now, Fannie Freddie, they don't care. There is no acreage overlay, right? No. And so I've got lenders that don't care. And I've got lenders that say 10 acres, full stop, 15 acres, full stop. Like it just depends. And what so trickles down to the customer is the customer says, well, I heard conventional loans don't do 10 acres. Yeah. And like, yeah. No. Right. Yeah. You know, and I understand loan officers the approach to it because, you know, I think some don't know and some do, so it just mm -hmm. depends. But, um, but when you, if you're a loan officer and someone calls and says, "Hey, I want to do a loan with you," here's the circumstance. Mm -hmm. And if it's a newer one, you might say, eh, "Let me check on that." Yeah. You give somebody in your company a phone call and you say, "Hey, can we do? Here's the scenario. Is this something yeah. we can do?" And they will go, "No, you can't because it's over ten acres." Yeah. So then that loan officer comes back and goes, "Sorry, it's a conventional loan. It's over ten acres. We can't do it." Yeah. And then the buyer or the borrower goes, man, I, you know, I guess conventional loans can't do over 10 acres. And then the, they tell their agent that and the next thing you know, yeah, yeah it just, you, and then you get a phone call a month later and somebody's like, well, we know Fannie can't do 10 acres. You're like, Where is this coming from? Yeah. Like how, what do you mean? Yeah. You know, but, but that's, yeah. that's how a lot of stuff in our business works. And sure. As a new loan officer, you don't realize that until you get into it a little bit yeah. because when you're a newbie and you, you know, you have no idea what's going on yeah. necessarily. And you, people are, Oh, you can do this and you can't do that. You can yeah. do this. Cause look, I would love to tell people that we sit there and read the, you know, the 1004 uh, FHA guidebook every day. And, you know, it's just, you go look for it when yeah. you need it. And and then it gets all kinds of gray areas on how you interpret this and interpret that and yep. whatever. But at the end of the day, your company can do what they can do. But the idea that mm -hmm. um, everybody is the same is just, it's just not the case, you know, 100%, and, and, yeah. And even when you have people that can go direct to Jenny, which is FHA or yeah. Fannie or Freddie or yeah. Farmer, um, then, uh, you know, you have a little bit more flexibility. Yeah. But even then, you know, it's like the FHA credit score thing, right? Yeah. P people say, well, the minimum that FHA will do is 580 or the minimum 600 yeah. or whatever. There's no minimum for yeah. FHA. They'll, yeah. They don't, there's nowhere written in there that it says no. there's a minimum. Yeah. Uh, the banks make that decision. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. We've, yeah. Cause I mean, that's a perfect example. I just got a, uh, this morning, you know, all of our lenders send out, you know, marketing material and, yeah. and 500 credit score on yeah. FHA. And yeah. I'm thinking to myself, holy smokes, this is going to be tough. <laughs> well, so that's a good transition to, so what do you, do you think something like that? Cause you see more maybe than I do on, on the, on the product side that mm -hmm. come to you. Cause you can accept what you want to accept. You yeah. know, I'm, I know what we have as a company and I know yeah. some things that are out there, but yeah. I don't see the stuff that you get just in mail and say, Hey, I'll do this. Yeah, we, so are you seeing a big shift with the market kind of contracting as it has? And you're seeing like lenders get either more desperate or they're offering more products or what are you seeing from like a corporate, you know, management side? Yeah. I, so I'm not, I, I think they're trying to get creative, right? I okay. think they're trying to make products that are smart for everyone, right? Smart for the client, smart for the, them, mm -hmm. their investors, mm -hmm. right? Cause ultimately they, you know, somebody has got to hold that loan. Right? right. And, and if it's bad money, then we, then we start looking back to historical, you know, things. And, and I don't think we're anywhere near that kind of product, but like, for instance, you know, um, there's a 1% down product that yep. we have available, right? Yep. That's a, like, that's a great product. Yes. It's conventional, no PMI. You guys probably have something similar. We do. Um, so like those kind of things, I'm seeing more of that yeah. happening. Um, you know, the 500 FHA, that's such a sliver of the population. Yeah. Um, 
but if you can service them and you have that product, then it's, you know, a feather in your cap and you can get a deal done. Right. Well, that's a good point on the, when you said sliver of the population, because this is another thing that I talk about a lot is, Mm -hmm. you know, my, my favorite and least favorite term in the world is special programs or incentives. I love that one too. What's, what's a new home buyer incentive? Um, there's no incentives. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Can you do new home buyer? Yeah. This isn't a car, you know, there's, (laughs) there's there's not any incentives, but, but the, what happens with these special programs that come out? Okay. You have, uh, you know, the, the bonds and the grants, all the, the Mm -hmm. down payment assistance programs. And then you have the stuff that you're talking about. Like we have a, we have a 1% a 0%. We, you know, Fannie and Freddie deal, um, rates are actually pretty good on it. Costs are reasonable. They actually have give give cash all that kind of yep. stuff right it's all it's all we have one with fha same deal mm-hmm. but there's a box that you have to fit in to qualify for that loan yeah. you know and especially with some of them there's income limits right yeah. and then when you walk the line of okay we have an income limit on this product yep. right and we have a high really high home values yeah. right and and high rates yeah. okay well then that that income limit really starts to kind of butt up against, okay, can I even do this? Like, yeah, I have this product available, yeah. but like you said, for some of them, it only fits for a sliver of the population Yeah. and good or bad. I don't know. Um, I get, you know, I understand it, but I also get frustrated with it sometimes because, you know, I, I call it chum in the water. Yeah. So as lenders, you know, we're, we're in the business of marketing. And so we're yeah, putting yeah. out all, Oh, I've got this special program and first time home buyer loan and teacher yeah. loan and, you yeah. know, calling it whatever you can. Yeah. And, you know, the reality is, is, you know, when people call and you start explaining to them and you're like, well, there's, there's this little box you got to fit right. in and people fit. And when they do, it's, it's perfect. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, but you know, it doesn't fit everybody and, yeah. and more often than not, it, you know, it doesn't. So yeah. how do you handle those, those type of deals? Um, you know, it's, it, it is what it is, right? The numbers yeah. are the numbers, right? Yeah. Like you can't, like it's those kind of, like you said, special programs are black box. You better fit in the box or it doesn't work. Yes. So what we found, and I look, you know, the last 20 loans and I looked at what we're doing Yeah, out of 20 for conventional loans. Mm-hmm. Okay. 50% are conventional or FHA okay. and the other 50% are, are farm and ranch stuff or non QM, which is like bank statements right. and that sort of thing and uh, investor products. So like right. fix and flips and yep. that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So what I found is that, I think which has been great because FHA recently on their um, their PMI uh, pricing, right? Yes, in this they get better. I think so. That's one of the things I thought was great that the, the government. But that's a benefit. Did. Yeah, that's an absolute benefit. benefit. Yeah. And, and it it, everybody for everybody. Yeah. So most of the people that um, could qualify conventionally. So I just closed one yesterday. They were they could have been a five percent down conventional loan, good credit, and you look at it, and then you start doing the math in even though there's a PMI, you're going to have PMI either, either way, way. Right. And so you, you look at it and it's like, you know, FHA is a good, this is a good product. If you're going to stay in this house for a while, yeah. you're going to, your rate's going to be about a point lower than, you know, on average yep. than a conventional loan. And so I, I feel like that's why we're seeing a lot. We've, 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 done more FHA yeah. than what we typically would have done. Like, yeah. The government stuff has been a big part of the market lately. I mean, um, yeah. not to mention just the fact, I mean, there's also the piece of, you know, a lot of the conventional deals are typically higher priced homes um, and yep. t- higher priced homes are typically, typically people with a little better credit, a little yep. more cash, you know, yep. a little bit better situation overall yep. and conventional tends to fit. But then all of those people, you know, that was the thing that I don't think a lot of consumers realized is that during, during the boom, you know, yeah. whatever you want to call it, whenever, yeah. when everything was crazy, 2% rates and 3% rates, right. if you had an FHA or a VA loan, good luck. Yeah. You know, good luck getting your house, you know, because 
there were 25 offers on that home. Uh, yeah, they weren't looking at it. Yeah. No, no, you yeah. weren't even being considered. And and now in this market, as the as the demand has slowed because of the high rates, right? And we still have low inventory, which is a big issue. Yeah. But but at least now, you know, you're seeing homes listed for three hundred thousand that someone can offer two ninety five and get it. Yeah. You know, or get ten thousand dollars in closing costs, yeah. or 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 do the the buy down thing. I'm right. I'm curious what because <laughs> I mentioned it in my thing. Yeah. What are your uh, I don't want to be on an island here. So what are your thoughts about the two one buy down or the three one buy down? Everybody's favorite catch mortgage catchphrase these days. It's it's I think it's really it's very specific to the client. Okay. So I don't think it's a cookie cutter. Like I think it's one of those It's a good just, political answer. I like that. Well, <laughs> chumming the water, right? Like <laughs> yes. we're throwing it out there because we have it. Yes. So what I've seen is going to the one oh buy down. Okay. And putting more um, you know, so trying to remember the deal. It was like, let's call it a 750 purchase. They were putting a good chunk down, a couple hundred thousand down. Um, they negotiated about 10 grand in uh, closing costs In closing costs. And so Seller we started pays. looking at it and we're like two to one buy down. And then I said, well, I said, well, why don't we just take, why don't we split it mm -hmm. and do one Oh buy down and then get the rate down. And that way we're comfortable after the first year where it's not going to be this big volatile shift. Right. 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 And so I, th I think it's, you know, Personal and then, preference. and then, and then when you weigh it out, I had another client that just said, I just want it all towards my closing cost. closing costs. Yeah. And so it's, that's the, to my point, like, I'm not, I don't know if I answered your question, but I'm not skirting the question. I, I think they're good depending on the situation yeah, yeah. and what the client's trying to achieve. Yes. Right. Yes. Well, no, it, it very, it, that is a hundred percent correct. It's very client specific. And, yeah. and, but I think it's client specific because every client has their, has their, um, buzz point or their, yeah. their, their, their hot button that they, you know, it's like some people just hate PMI. I'm not paying PMI <laughs> no like matter the, what the devil's juice. Right. And it's like, <laughs> it's 75 bucks and it's, yeah. you're not having to put down an extra 70 grand what what yeah, like what are, trading, yeah what are we talking about but but either way you know it's like okay yeah that yeah. mortgage insurance is terrible yeah. so my opinion on the buy down is that um you know i don't think a lot of buyers understand because the the message doesn't get relayed right if you are the buyer and you are paying for the buy down yourself it doesn't make sense okay? oh yeah, yeah because you're not saving anything mm -mm. you're you're paying the interest up front that's yeah. all you're doing. And, yeah. and that never makes any sense. Right. So, so I wouldn't do that under any circumstances. The second piece is if the seller is going to pay the buy down, mm -hmm. right. Or the builder, which yeah. they're doing a lot of that these days. Yep. Um, that does make sense mm -hmm. or, or I should say can make sense Yeah. because it's not costing you any money. Sure. You're getting a lower rate yep. and therefore you're getting affected in a positive way and you're not having to pay for it. Great. Yeah. But I would always present to the people that I talk to that there's an alternative to this, which is what your second guy did, which is pay all your closing costs. Yeah. If they're going to give you the money, okay, yeah. you know, it's kind of like I always use the example of it's like winning the lottery, right? Yeah. Do you want the $700 million today yeah. or do you want the, you know, $1.6 billion over the next, you know, 30 yeah. years? Mm -hmm. I'm taking the $700 million today yeah you know give it to me yes because you have no idea <laughs> where the world takes you what happens exactly. you know whatever so in 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 my opinion if i can get 10 grand 15 grand 20 grand depending on the size of the loan if i can get that money i don't have to outlay that money out of my own pocket yes it's way more beneficial than saving 100 bucks a month or 150 dollars a month or whatever on my payment Would yeah and i agree and i think what people don't it's hard for them to see they feel like i don't know if they're just 
maybe some of the bigger lenders out there that have traditionally sold points. Well, they're just, oh yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So they're just, the, the marketing engineers train them to be like, well, how many points do I need to buy? Yes. Well, do you really need to? Like, yes. I said, you're, you, you know, if you go from like a, on a $400,000 loan from a six to 7% rate, it might only be like a hundred bucks a month. Well, yeah, a yeah, hundred bucks a month's hundred bucks, but at the end of the day, it's 1200 and you're going to pay, you know, three grand for that. Like yes. why just take, I'm with you. I, I like the cheapest rate at the cheapest cost. Yes. If it's seven and a half, Great. if it's six and three quarters, whatever, that's where we go. Yeah. When the market tells you to refi, then you refi. Yes. Like that's, that's kind of how I. Well, and that's the, it. that's the whole thing, you know, the, which is again, my, my least favorite saying, but it says, you know, the marry the home date, the right <laughs> thing. But, right. but what, what the, the point of that is, is that the, the rate that you pay for your house essentially is always negotiable. Always yeah. the entire time that you have the loan. Now it may not be negotiable in your favor because rates are high, right? right? But you can change it if you want to, if you sure. get cash out loan, take some money out of your right. house, you're going to pay. So you can always change your rate. Okay. Yeah. And then when the market dictates that they're better and lower then you're going to get a better rate. Yeah. But once you outlay that 15 or 20 or $30,000, or once you pay 40 grand over for the house, yeah. okay. You never get that back. Right. There's no way to recoup that money at any point. Never. So, yeah. and especially when you're buying, you know, I'm I'm with you. I very rarely suggest people buy points because I just don't think it makes sense unless yeah. there's just some kind of smoking deal out there. You know, there's some investor yeah. that just really wants to, wants to get hit that, that coupon or right. whatever, you know, yeah. like, yeah. like that happens, but it's rare. Yeah. And I, like I said, we, we don't, we don't do a lot of selling of points and I, yeah. I don't, I just don't think it's to your point. I don't think it's valuable. Yeah. I don't think it's the best thing to use your money towards. Right. right? And you know, if you get seller credits these days, like when I look at the cash to close, you know, let's say they've got, you know, a $500,000 house, they put, you know, five grand down in earnest money. And when you get to the closing table, they're pretty much only bringing their down payment, down payment. Yeah. Like that's a great deal. Yes. Right. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's awesome. what we're trying to do. That's exactly. And so right. that's where I think the, like on that one uh, explanation was, you know, they wanted to see a little bit of a relief in rate, but yet there was enough in seller credits to get rid of a bunch of costs, yes. you know, especially if you're not escrowing, you know, the, the costs on a, you know, $500,000 loan, you know, should be somewhere in that four to five range. Right. Yeah. Like, and so, yeah, you're bringing down payment and, that's it. Yeah. And it's, it's a good, um, it's a good deal. So, so with interest rates being what they are, so mm -hmm. I, I've got my thoughts on it, but I want to yeah. hear you. Um, what, what are you, what are you thinking? Cause that's everybody's, it's always everybody's question. What, what, what are, are gonna rates going to do? Gonna do? Yeah. What are rates going to do, Gary? What, what are they going to do? My, Where's your my crystal ball? <laughs> you know, I mean, we've yeah, had, it's at the time of recording this, just so everybody knows, um, Aside from yesterday, and and I've been getting alerts on my phone about today. Today, I don't think it's going very well. I haven't looked in a second, but yeah, but yesterday was great. Yeah, right. Mortgage-backed securities were yeah. way up, way up, which is, means rates come down, mm -hmm. but it's all relative. So you know, I, I you can't even explain it that way. It's like yeah. they're up, rates are down. Eh, not necessarily. Yeah, Price, right. Pricing's a little better, but yeah. Um, but uh, prior to that, for the last, has it been two weeks, maybe. Yeah, it's been a beat down. A been a week and a half, something like that. I yeah. mean, it's been brutal yeah, yeah it's, you know it's, absolutely brutal and we had a little bit of a bounce back yesterday but then you know the feds meeting in jackson hole they're all you know all the all the really really wealthy people are all getting together deciding our fate right now you know yeah. pr pray to jerome powell that he grants us freedom um Gosh. but but 
you know, you've been through a few of these cycles, you've seen yeah. this stuff. So, so what are you thinking right now, you know, where we're at and then where do you think we're going to and, and with just, you know, best guess crystal ball at where you, where are you I, thinking? I would, and I don't know if it's a, a guess or a prediction or anything more, sure. it's more, it's a, um, educated a, guess. Uh, yeah. I, I, I don't see anything that's going to really keep us in a, like, I, I feel like we're going to stay in a pretty, this seven ish range uh -huh. for a while. Like I don't, I don't really see, unless we see true recessionary like numbers and I, and we can go down a whole nother rabbit hole on how things are reported and. Oh yeah. Like job, the job numbers that are yeah. always fibbed. Yeah. Yeah. Like my so, favorite was last month, by the way, which was, yeah. which was we had, we added, what was it? BLS was like a hundred or 200,000 jobs, 295,000 jobs, right? Oh yeah. yeah. We had a job. And then you look down a little bit and you see that 600,000 of those jobs were part-time jobs. Yeah. yeah. It's, <laughs> it's insane. Yeah. It's so the indicators, I mean, the biggest thing tomorrow is, you know, if Powell comes out, which I think they're going to like, they've been so hawkish anyways. Yeah. I, I don't. Oh, they're not cutting rates anytime soon. No, I, and I'm yeah. not suggesting that what I'm, what I think the market is going to be is they're just waiting to jump off the bridge one way or the other yeah. to, you know, like, Oh, he thinks it's, inflation's under control or they're every little word they say they hinge on it so it puts 10 days of you know bad market movement or 10 days of good so i think we're going to stay in this kind of range for a while yeah I, I think you know and then you've got another external factor next year is the election so gosh knows what's what kind of what's going to come out of that is happening yeah. there yeah, so yeah. you know i always tell my guys control what you can control there's you know there's going to be a buyer and there's going to be a seller yeah. and we just got to be in the right place at the right time yes. to take advantage of that from a sales standpoint. And that's why I don't, but I don't, you know, the ideas of being at 5% or four and a half or what everybody was talking about first of the year. I, I mean, I kind of, you know, that Kool-Aid got stale pretty quick. So. Yes. Well, and, and that unfortunately, cause I think that was a little bit of a, and I don't know how you guys did it there, but I mean, even with us in our company and, and I know other companies as well, there was a little bit of, Hey, you gotta, I know things are bad. Right. They're looking bad, but they're yeah. going to get better. We're going to, yeah. you know, it's the things recession when the rates are going to come back down, this won't yeah. last forever, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, yeah. and that was 14 months ago, or, yeah. you know, you're looking like we're coming up to two years here, you know, it's a little gnarly. Yeah. My only thought is that, and this is just, you know, I'm, I'm kind of a geek when it comes to some of this stuff on these, on these jobs reports and, and uh, GDP mm -hmm. and what's being reported and what's not. And then when you look at, commercial real estate and how it impacts regional banks and all the stuff that's kind of in these loans that are resetting and you yep. know these independent people that are having and you look at bank consolidation all this stuff happening right, right. that um my opinion on it is that in i'm with you that we're going to stay in this seven ish six yeah. high six low sevens you know we'll probably touch eight a few times and yep. fall back down mm -hmm. you know it's kind of how it works but um and i i would agree with you that we would probably run until maybe next fall you know on, on something like that towards yeah. the end of the summer i think yeah. we get through the the summer home if you want to call it a frenzy these days but you know <laughs> yeah. certainly certainly the busy time and right. then get into the fall when things slow down and then mm -hmm. i think you'll start to see because then we'll probably have a couple of consecutive quarters of you know recession yeah. gdp numbers being down right. inflation down jobs down all that um my only caveat to that is is that if something breaks then yeah. we have a different thing 
yeah, right? And sure. and I don't know what that thing would be, obviously, but because there's so many factors that go into this, you know, I think the commercial real estate thing could be a problem sure. uh, because you do have a lot of, I think I read it was like $2.6 trillion worth of properties that are going to be resetting in the next 12 to 24 months, yeah. um, going from 4% interest on commercials a little bit more, and then, you yeah. know, jumping to eight or 10 or 12 or yeah, it's going to be big, whatever. Yeah. Um, and it's not even the people that can't, but it's the banks that are servicing. Cause they're, I think it's, I think I read it's like 80% of those commercial deals are, are serviced and held by small regional banks, not, yeah. not the big boys, which would make sense, right? right. Like that's their bread and butter. That's what they yeah. do. Yep. And so if, if those people can't pay their commercial loan because, or they default on it. Yep. And then that bank has enough of that, that it affects their ability to lend now even further because their reserves are down and they can't meet their covenants. Yep. Well then, Good old Jamie Dimon from J.P. Morgan just comes Something along and says, "Hey, up. I'll buy you guys, and y'all can become a part of us, and we'll just keep getting bigger." Yep. Um, you know, but that could be one thing. Um, I do think some of the uh, the earnings. I, I think there's a there's a possibility that some of the false, you know, sugar coated information that mm-hmm. that the you, know, you can call it the federal government, you can call it different agencies have been right. putting out there about the numbers and how we're doing. I, I just don't, I just don't, don't think they're accurate. Um, and then when people start to come around and start realizing that a little bit, then I think it may even get a little bit worse. I don't know, but yeah, I, I mean, it's just like anything else, bad data. Like how do yeah. you, how do you, how do you make decisions? Yeah. And yeah. that's, that's where we're at right now. And, and like, I don't know, I think it's the, you know, we've cried wolf enough now. I, I'm just kind of numb to it. I'm like, like I said, control what you can control. Yeah. And, you know, there, whatever happens in DC is going to happen. Like yeah. it, the biggest thing concerning to me really right now, though, is the fact that we've basically doubled our national debt in 12 months. Um, and I don't, again, I don't know that a lot of people realize that. I mean, how much it's, it's gone up. And that's why you're seeing the reason rates are going up is because U.S. Treasury yields <laughs> for the 10 year Treasury is going up, you know, yeah. and, there, and now there's a bunch of people shorting that thing too. So, yeah, which that's means- another whole. Right. There's, there's just a bunch of stuff that's just kind of starting to pile up and it's going, okay, at some point the bucket's got to overflow. Right. And and when that happens, you know, it's not, and I, by the way, I don't even think if we do, you know, fall off a cliff, let's call it, I don't think it's going to be like it was in 08. I really don't. Um, as far as like the impact to the economy, not, not housing, because I think we've already determined if anybody's been paying attention that this recession or whatever we're going through has nothing to do with housing other than it's hurting us. Um, but we didn't cause it right. We weren't, we weren't the reason for it, but I don't think it's going to be a big, I think it's just going to be enough to kind of put everybody in a bad mood really. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it definitely, the, the commercial side I think is, you know, you're seeing, especially out West, we've got a, uh, I've got a loan officer in California and in the Bay area and like, Oh, they're getting hammered. Yeah. The the commercial real estate out there. I mean, people are just leaving their leases. Yes. "Eh." Yes, we're done. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Guess who's buying all those up, by the way? <laughs> yeah, exactly. The big boys. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're getting it at like an 80% discount, which right. is scary too. But. So yeah, I'm with you. I think it's the, um, you know, we got, it. there's going to be a lot more to, to come uh, over the next few months, but yeah. I don't know. It's well, the market doesn't go away. People buy and sell homes, whether it's now the only, the only argument that I, I uh, giggle at sometimes is the whole idea. You remember, you know, the, the ones I've been doing this for 30 years and we bought and sold homes at 18%. I'm <laughs> right. like, okay, you did. That's true. Yeah. But that 18% home was $90,000. Okay. Right. It wasn't yeah. four fifty. 
Yeah. Okay, so it's a little different. That's uh, a uh, <laughs> little different. Tough pill to swallow. What are you running into, like when you're seeing people that actually don't fit in the box? What what is what are you running into more? Is it is it assets? Is it income? Is it you know what what are you finding on the ones that you're having to turn down? Uh, DTI. So the one yeah. the the one or debt two to thing, income by the way. Yeah, yeah, debt to income. Sorry. Um, what we haven't talked about here in Texas, especially, is taxes and insurance. Yes. Right. Yes. So, you know, it used to be. You put insurance down, you'd put 125 bucks on the estimate, yep. right? Yep. A couple 300 bucks on your taxes yep. and we're good. Today, we're at about $1,000 on a $550,000 house, depending yep. on the area. Yeah. And in perspective, right? If somebody makes 10 grand a month, right? They get five, we got five grand to play with. Correct. Right? That includes your mortgage, your car payments, any credit card debt, personal loans, anything like that all has to be below five grand. So now we're, you know, at taxes and insurance at the rates that they're at. Yep. Now we're at four grand. Yep. Now we got four grand to play with. Right. And guess what? You know, 7% on 350 looks like. <laughs> it's about four. Yeah, we're three, 3,500. <laughs> yeah. 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 So we're. You don't, you don't get to have a car. You can't have a car. Hence the FHA, right? Yes. A little higher. 51, 52, yep. you know, percent debt to income. And so it gives us a little bit of flexibility. And so, um, those are, that's usually what's happening is, yeah. is the debt to incomes hurting us. Um, and then if you look at some of the other stuff, then it's, then it's assets because our, the farm and ranch, the higher, you, you got to have more loan, uh, more, more, cash. more cash to put yeah, down, absolutely. you know, they're going to want a little bit more money down. So, but I would say debt to income's the the driver. Yeah, we're we're kind of that same same thing is is yeah. uh you know I, I can't tell you how many people I've pre qualified and been like, well, you can buy a house for one hundred seventy five thousand dollars, you know, and and they're like, right. and I've had a few they're like, oh, that's awesome. I'm like, here, okay, well, here's the bad right. news. Yeah, not not around here. <laughs> not around here. You're gonna have to go far. I was actually uh, I was looking at trying to make a video the other day about you know if you want to. If you want to uh, buy an affordable housing, here are the areas in Dallas Fort Worth where housing is actually affordable, right? right? And there were there were a few. Yeah. Um, you know, you can probably I, I looked out in Weatherford where you were, and it wasn't out because I was trying. I was taking anything basically under three hundred is kind of where I yeah. was. And when you were looking at the average price of homes, you know, there was nowhere that I could find under two hundred. Didn't exist. Yeah. Um, the cheapest one I found. You know where Everman is. Okay, it's in South. I actually went to high school in Everman. So oh, okay. it's kind of one of those things where I was like, oh, really? Um, I should have done more research. Yes, but like Everman, Texas, it was like, I think the average home price was like 220, 225, something like wow. that. Okay. Um, there was uh, Venus, which is really close to Mansfield. It was it was a little over 300,000, but it was close. Yeah. Um, but you have, I mean, you had to get further and further out. And even like Joshua was, a little, you know, it was not quite mm -hmm. there, but close. But yeah. these little bitty towns, you know, you can find it. And the only benefit that you can really have from that these days, the good news, I guess, is that a lot of jobs, not every job, um, you don't have to go to work. So yeah. their houses, you know, you can buy them in Texas. We got a lot of real estate, we got a lot, Plenty of it. but, um, but it's just, you gotta be willing to drive and you know, yeah. and that, that sometimes isn't the best deal for everybody, but, right. but yeah, we struggle with that too. Just finding the income because nowadays the average consumer's got car payments they've got student loan debt they've got credit cards they've got yes. uh you know uh, tax liens because they can't pay their taxes either yeah. they got tax debt you got to count so um what are your thoughts on i'm curious since i talk about student loans have you seen what's coming with that how do you think that's gonna impact us I, I honestly i've i've looked at it i mean it's gonna the debt to income i mean that's gonna well, we're already counting it yeah though, right yeah well, I don't know to the extent that if we're going to have to take the full freight, right? right so right. if their their payments, 
So kind of today we're, if there's deferred payment, then we can take a, a percentage of that. Correct. If the what loan, is it? FHA is half a percent of the loan balance and then conventional is one or is it half two? I don't, I, this is always one I always get in my head sideways they, on it. They changed it too. I think where you've got to do the, the half a percent. Oh, I think it was half a percent with 12. Freddie Mac. Yeah. Freddie Mac's half a percent. Fannie Mae's 1%. 1%. FHA is yep. half a percent. Yep. That's what it is. And so, yeah. So the, I don't know. It's going to depend on how much those, if they're going to have a payment that is on going the to report. Be, yeah. Because yeah, most of those times, like if you got a $20,000 deal, mm-hmm. you're going to have a smaller payment. Yep. But if the note comes due and it's not due, but if the payment is you know, $300, right. 350, that's going to be a big problem for a lot of folks. Yeah. And it's, yeah. Well, there could be that my only other concern about that a little bit is that um, I don't think it'll impact it to the same degree because people have so much um, equity in their house right now. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't think they're going to let stuff go like that. But my my concern would be when you start looking at possible mortgage delinquencies, because yeah. if they're adding another debt to their uh, monthly expenditures that they haven't had for three years, I mean, it's been three years since yeah. anybody's had to pay on that. Yeah, now, they did. um Good or bad, I don't know. I'm not on either side of the fence on this. I just hate dumb people. But the <laughs> the Biden administration um, just came out with a act. It's called the Save Plan. S A V E. It's an acronym. I can't remember off the mm-hmm. top of my head. And basically, they took the they expanded the ability for student loan borrowers to essentially defer payments for another year. Guess why? <laughs> Well, of course. Yeah. What, what's <laughs> well, happening? Uh, yeah, yeah. In the next, uh, yeah, yeah. In 12 months from well, now. Yeah. So, so that is on in play now too. Now yeah. I still think there are some limitations to it, but, um, it's not everybody, yeah. but, um, but they're, they're just kicking the can further down the road on this thing. And yeah, I, I just I, don't know how long you can do that. Yeah. Education right now is so expensive, right? Yes. And it's probably the last 20 years has gone up from Like when I hear my, I don't have kids, but I've got all my buddies have kids in yeah. college now. Oh, and it's the crazy. numbers. It's twenty five thousand dollars a semester, or something yeah. a year. Oh, it's staggering. Year. Yes. Like I, I'm like, I'm yeah. Like, I'm, I have a sixteen year old, soon to be, and yeah. so we're. I've already started to fill out an application. Yeah, <laughs> Mike, Mike needs to. Say yeah, yeah, right. Yes, please, please. <laughs> yeah, no, it's well, and it's you know, it's I don't. We get a different perspective on stuff when we deal with consumers because we mm-hmm. see a lot of things, right? Sure. We see the impact of student loans on people. We see the impact of cars and rates and what the yeah. prices have been on those. Yeah. We see the impact of credit card debt and what people are going through right. on that. So it's like when you look at someone's credit, you're going through their entire situation, what, what they pay in taxes and everything else. You see so much that you start to get this picture of stuff where you're going, man, there is, you know, you start to see trends. You start to see, okay, this, you know, one of the trends that I saw over the last couple of years, I think it's getting a little bit better, but you know, nobody had any money saved. Like for a while, debt to income really wasn't as big of a deal, but I, nobody had any cash. Nobody had any ability to, you know, you're telling somebody, Hey, you're going to need about 25 grand. They're going, well, I don't know where I'm going to get that. Well, you have down payment assistance, the rates a point higher, but you know, you can use it. Um, (laughs) like, well, I don't do that either. It's like, I don't know know what to tell you here, (laughs) you know? Um, and now we're flipping on the other side where I do think there are more people with cash. Are you seeing, I'm curious from your side, are you seeing, younger buyers you know maybe the the gen z's um are you seeing them actually being in a little bit better financial position than maybe like millennials were because I, I personally am starting to see that a little bit yeah i you know i think they're um and i don't know if it's just the people that we're running into sure. like I, i'm getting that uh kind of entrepreneur yeah uh, 
younger uh, real estate investor. Hey, how do I set myself up? You know, I'm 25 to kind of that 30 range. I, I, this is what I want to do. Yeah. I want to set myself up. I want this to be my investment home in two years, three or whatever. Yeah. So we're seeing a lot of that. Um, you know, so we, you know, that's fun to see, um, yeah. you know, in, you know, it's great. Like they can definitely build some serious wealth. I mean, I, it's crazy. The, you know, you talk about in our area, the, the increase in, in home values. I, one of my clients, we, he just bought a, he just built a place and we did a, we had to do a, a refi in his, um, construction loan. And then, um, I actually bought his house like eight years ago okay. and sold it for like, I, I, I think I paid two seventy five, and I sold it for three fifty. It was a cool little ten acre spot with little ranch house on it, and I'm like, th when I sold it for three fifty, I was like, through the roof, unbelievable. I'm like, yeah. this thing will never. I'm a genius. Yeah, I'm a genius. <laughs> it hit the market this week for five ninety five, and they haven't yeah. done a thing to it. <laughs> I was like, what? I'd send him a text. I was like, I think one of us, if not both of us, may have screwed up on this one. Well, and that's where um, I think you know we'll we'll, we'll kind of we're almost in an hour, by the way. Um, goes yeah. goes really quickly, but yeah, uh, sure. we'll kind of wrap a little bit in that. And I think you and I are on the same page about this. And you know, everybody's terrified of real estate right now because of rates yeah. and because of prices. But you know, and I don't mean this in a negative way. It's not going to get better now. Rates will change. They'll you know they fluctuate up and yeah. down. But the cost of buying a home unless there's some kind of radical thing that occurs. And even if it does, you know, I tell we went through the biggest crash in real estate that we've ever experienced in the history of the country. Yep. Okay. 10 or 15 years, whatever 08 was. Right. And the houses, and especially like California and mm -hmm. places that were severely affected by this, the properties that were worth whatever, a million dollars back then that yep. fell down to, and by the way, it wasn't that much, fell like 850, you know, whatever, <laughs> what, like they, they fell down to 800, 850. That same house is worth $2 million today. Oh, sure. You yeah, know, and it's, it, you just can't, you, you can't drive the point home hard enough when you do it every single day. And it's not because we're shills for the real estate industry, you know, you know, right. it's because you see it constantly, right? Yeah. The, well, the map, I mean, I think where you're going is that the house today at 500 is going to be 580 in three or four years. Yes. Right. Yes. And if rates go down let's say 6% in our area, yeah. our market will light on fire and yes. that place is going to sell for 600. Yes. In two months. Two rates. I'm not predict. That's not a prediction. Yeah. So just, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But if it happens, that's what will happen. Yeah. Like yeah. It, our market. I, I, I just know because people, I, I know there's so many people waiting on the sidelines and they, they're waiting for that rate to move them yes. versus the, the acquisition cost. Yes. And not using the rate as a vehicle. They're, they're, we're trying to educate folks. Like my partner has this conversation all the time about what you get it for today is not what it's going to be like today. You're getting seller credits rates are 6%. You're paying way over asking price. You're coming up against cash offers. Yep. Like it's, you know, um, so yeah. Well, and to drive the point home even further, you know, I think right now when I read the other day and I, it's regional, so it varies, but there's something like almost 30% of the purchases right now are cash yeah. that are being bought up and people are like, well, yeah, of course it rates are high. I'm like, yes, that's true. But what you're not, what you're not hearing in that is that the people with the cash who have the money mm -hmm. are buying the houses, yeah. right? While everybody else is waiting on the sidelines to on yeah. sitting on the sidelines to buy yeah. the house. And so, yeah, you're at a disadvantage because you don't have $400,000 that you can just throw at a rent at a, at a piece of real estate. 
you have to pay 7% or 6% yeah. or wherever it is um, right now. But they're, it's never a bad investment. And the people yeah. that have the most amount of money right now are the ones buying up all the real yeah. estate. You know, And there's a reason for that. Right. Yeah, it depends. It's just like it's anything, right? Like if you're in the stock market, the stock market crashes, right? Yeah. And goes down and it loses you know, 20%, right? Yeah. No different than what you're saying in the houses in California or Arizona. Buddy of mine, he bought one of those distressed properties in Arizona after, you know, like 07, 08, whenever that happened. Mm -hmm. And that place is worth, I can't even tell you how much that place is worth now. It's Almost just double. outside of Phoenix. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it, you know, it double what it was at its peak back then. Yes. Right. Yes. And so, it, you know, it depends on what, if you're in the long play or the short, like it, you know, I, I always tell people if the deal looks good today, it's going to be good in 30 days. So, you know, yeah, you got to take advantage of the opportunity. And unfortunately, of you know, sometimes you have to kind of bite the bullet if you can. And that's the, that's the one downside with all of this is that, mm -hmm. is that I'm, I'm talking to people that can, I'm yeah. not talking to the people that can't. And unfortunately the, the number of people that can't mm -hmm. is growing, growing and it's, sure. it's getting bigger and it's not getting smaller. And if you're in a place where you can, you should today, you for know, sure. as yeah. soon as you can. Yeah. So, uh, because it's just, you know, what's my favorite is the Mark Twain quote, right? Buy real estate. They're not making any more of it. Exactly. So, right. um, well, man, I really appreciate you coming yeah. by and, and driving all the way out here to, to talk a little, uh, dorky loan stuff with me for a little bit. I yeah, usually exactly. have to talk real estate and whatever. I don't get to like get into the loan weeds. So yeah, no, it's good. It was, I was, it, it's always fun to do this. Yeah. Well, um, you know, we didn't get into a fight, which is great. You know, there's enough That's business good. to be had in the market for everybody. Plenty. You know, yeah. lenders can get along. Realtors can get along. We can yeah. all be friends. All right. Yeah. There's plenty of business to go around. <laughs> um, doesn't seem like it sometimes, but there is, I promise. So um, thank you for everybody that stuck around and, uh, you know, got into the loan weeds with us for a little bit. Um, we'll be back next week. And I can't thank you again enough, Gary. Thank yeah. you so much. Uh, tell everybody where to find you um, just so we have that too. Yeah, so we're uh, we're located in Weatherford, uh, right off uh, Main Street. There, easy to find, and you can find us at uh, on the web at uh, mypurefunding.com. Okay, got any socials you're out there doing? I, yeah, I saw a little bit of what you talk about, Willis. Which, by you, the way, I need a little uh, more of that. Just we, so you know, we got to get some Willis in here. So if you're out on I twenty, um, heading eastbound from Parker County towards Fort Worth, if you look up on maybe the tallest peak in Parker County, you might see a picture of Willis and what you talking about Willis up there. And of course he's talking about pure funding and loans and hey, he's great. So we'll have to get him on the next. Uh, Absolutely. The next I can't wait. I can't wait. Cause yeah. uh, I think I need a, I need a heavy dose of what you're talking about. Willis. So. <laughs> All right guys, y'all have a great weekend and we'll Thank see you, you next time.